0: Hello, and welcome to Hey Arnold, Hey. It's Corey with the usual... Adam Samaha. Um, today we're talking about Arnold Saves Sid, which is written by Steve Vixton and directed by Stark Howell. Steve Vixton, add it again. Add it again with the Hey Arnold. Um, Trigger warning, um, we talk uh, about capitalism and anarchy, and about Christianity. And about communism. Yeah,
1: so... All the things they tell you not to talk about. Yeah. Yeah, well, we, we go there like Degrassi. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this ain't your mom's Christmas party. Yeah. We're we're gonna we're gonna ask how the weather is, and then we're gonna jump straight into religion. So, no, this is a great. Episode. Oh, and we talk about sex. We talk about prostitution oh my, too. That's true. We, we, we really we do all of it. It's too much. Uh, no, this is a great episode. We we had a lot of fun. Um, yeah. a lot of trigger warnings in there. A lot of trigger warnings. Just just be ready. Um, Adam says the f word once. Um, <laughs> but you're used to that if you listen to the show. It's true. Uh, stop what you're doing. Rate and review. Um, you'll find out that we are asking for a thing. Um, but hope that you don't expect anything either from us. because <laughs> uh, we're, I, we're already giving it to you. Yeah. You know what? You, you owe us. Yeah. This will come into play later in the episode. <laughs> you're indebted to us. We are giving you something, a, a thing. And if you really loved us, you would rate and review. You'll understand that weird riff if you actually listen to the <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. will you'll, you'll understand. Um... Thanks for tuning in. Enjoy the episode. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for. (laughs) Arnold saves Sid. That's the whole episode, okay? I'm I'm kind of <laughs> kidding, but uh, the episode's called "Arnold Saves Sid," and that's exactly what happens. Arnold uh, basically saves Sid from a falling uh, ply- plywood chicken. Uh, chicken. Yeah, um, and so for the entire episode, Sid acts as Arnold's servant to pay him back for the for the um, thing that Arnold did, and uh, Arnold gets sick of it and tries to get Sid to stop. Sid doesn't. Um, I mean, the details almost don't matter, but it's, uh, it's like a very basic episode, but, but, um, you know, Sid, Sid helps him out on the bus, uh, opens up doors for him, uh, makes him breakfast. Um, just like very, turns the pages of his book. Yeah. Like any, any boring thing that you can't imagine doing for someone else. Sid does, um,
1: it's like what a slave or servant would
0: do exactly. Or a butler. Yes perhaps about Arnold does approach his grandpa for advice. His grandpa just predicts what the issue is and then says, I don't know what to do. Mop mop this floor. Um, Arnold tries again to get Sid to stop. He doesn't. And then finally Sid turns the tables on him and says, you know what? You're taking advantage of me. (laughs) Even though the whole time Arnold's trying to get Sid to stop. Um, So Arnold ends up kind of making it up to him in hopes of getting it to stop by giving him a gift card to the same, uh, chicken store that almost, um, except it's not chicken. It's, it's pancakes and halibut, Mr. Chicken's house of halibuts and and pancakes. Um, uh, but anyway, that, that kind of ends, uh, that issue. And that's the end of the episode. So it's not, it really isn't, the plot isn't complicated in regards to like what happens, but why it happens and how it happens is actually pretty fascinating. Um, Yeah, I'll say before we dive into like the meat of the episode, the two things that just are amazing in this. One is the Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles knockoff, Mr. Chicken's Pancakes and Halibut. It's, it's a, I didn't even know that, I mean, I didn't realize that, that that was like an urban thing to do back then. Like when we were in college in the mid 2000s, it was, that was the thing to do was to drive up to LA or Long Beach and have Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles. But I guess it's been around longer than my dumb suburban brain ever knew. Uh, because they're clearly making fun of it here, right? Well, they're not making fun they're of it. Not making it, just well, yeah, playing yeah, but with it. But poking at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like, making fun of the next step. Like Arnold even says, yeah, it's a weird combination, which it yeah. is, but it actually is really tasty. But halibuts and pancakes, I can't do. No, no thanks. I don't, yeah, I wouldn't be able to do that. Either. Um, and then the other part I like that also has nothing to do with the episode is they once again use, like, One of grandpa's uses in this show is to poke fun at the mentor figure uh, in cartoons because Arnold consistently goes to grandpa and over and over. Grandpa either gives bad advice or like tells a long rambling story for no reason. Or in this case, like magically says, oh, is this your problem? And Arnold's like, "Uh, yes, that's exactly my problem. And then grandpa says, well, why don't you mop this floor? And then he walks away and there's like like it was a non thing. I just like that it, yeah, they, the the writers are very self-aware of the tropes that they don't want to fall in. Um, and this one is just like the mentorship trope, I guess.
1: Totally. And I think the thing that's funny about him asking for the advice and that sort of scenario happening is it shows though that this dynamic, which we'll go into later, is like a thing that occurs normally in life mm-hmm. and has gone, you know, doesn't matter the generation you were born into that this is like a thing that
0: happens. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, um, so it, I think there are a couple scenes that are really important in this, the, and they both happen at the yogurt shop, Yeah, um, which also didn't know yogurt was a thing in 1997, but I guess it was. It was. I grew up with yogurt. Like, T, is it TCBY? Is that the... I don't know. What is that?
1: The best... Is that what the store is called, the yogurt place?
0: Yeah, there used to be one in La Mirada. I don't know. Anyway, and it, it was the one that we would go to when I was a kid, uh, but now it's like too popular. Mine Black. was called, gold or crap. I don't remember golden
1: something. It wasn't and, Golden Spoon. No, it wasn't Golden Spoon. But it that's was newer. That's more. Recent. But it, it had the word golden in it. Mm. And the this is yogurt, important. Let's figure it out. The yogurt used to sit in buckets, and was had tubes in it that would go to the yogurt part. It was like really gross, but it tasted really good. Was it frozen yogurt? Like yes, yeah, frozen yogurt. It was frozen. It was frozen fr- but like, not, more,
0: it wasn't like, it wasn't like um. Tricks yogurt or like you'll play. It was like, no, it was like
1: frozen yogurt. yogurt, yogurt, Yeah. yeah,
0: Like the yogurt land that we have today. Got it. Got it. Buzz marketing left. and Right. Jeez. Um, yeah. Uh, Oh, okay. So both happened in the, in the yogurt store. One, the first is Arnold trying to stop Sid from doing, you know, from like acting as this, you know, indentured servant. Um, the, the, but I think the more important scene actually is when Sid flips it and basically says the exact same thing back to Arnold, um, that Arnold had said to Sid, except it's attacking and it's like hurt. Whereas Arnold's just trying to like end this cycle. Um, Sid actually views the cycle as a cycle of like. Well, and
1: I think another one is, I think for me it was, there was two, uh, two scenes, which one of was when Sid says like, I have to dedicate my life to you. Huh. I have to be your servant. Like it, I think it, it, it's yeah. sort of foreshadowing what's going to happen, which is like, there's, like, some sort of power imbalance there. And then yeah. later on, Grandpa talks about the same thing, his situation. Oh, interesting. And says the, that the boy is, like, a, your slave, essentially. And those are the words that he uses. Uh-huh. So I think it shows what's going to happen later, which is something bad's going to happen yeah. because yeah. this dynamic is not correct. And there's Yeah, yeah. A
0: Servant imbalance. is a little more like um, – of a normal term that that, like it's less harsh. Yeah. It can still be used today. Like it's still harsh. You would say Butler or maid like you wouldn't, you wouldn't call servants bad.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Slave is worse. Servant is bad. Yeah.
0: Yeah, totally. Um, uh, so, but, but I, I think that the like pinnacle is Sid turning it back on Arnold and like putting it on him as if it was his fault or something. Um, and that's a, that's a good scene that, uh, ends with Sid crying, and let's uh, like <laughs> well, like almost every scene. Of this <laughs> yeah, episode. yeah. He always Sid's a crier. Um, let's uh let's listen to this episode, or er, the, oh, the whole episode. <laughs> no, no. Let's listen to the scene. How's your frozen yogurt? Fine, just fine. Arnold, there's something I want to talk to you about. Sure, Sid. Whatever you say. You know how over the past couple of weeks I've been doing everything for you and all? Yeah. Yeah, well the thing is, I know you kind of saved my life and I promised to dedicate myself to you, but over the past couple of weeks, I can't help feeling like you're taking advantage of me. The truth is Arnold, it was a nice thing to do. But it wasn't really that big of a deal. But that's exactly what I said to you in the beginning. I think a guy as nice and as smart as you wouldn't take advantage of a friend. But I guess I was wrong. Arnold. Your friendship is over. But, Sid... Forget it, Arnold. I can't keep helping you. Waiting on your every beck and call. I mean, I have a life, too, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Sid, wait!
1: Uh, So, the thing I think is funny about that scene, or, I guess not funny, but interesting, is that it's kind of like he has made this realization that he's made this mistake, and he should not have, like, pledged the rest of his life to Arnold. But he's, like, projecting it at Arnold. Um, because, and you realize that later on when he's, they like try to talk it out again. And he says like, I blew it out of proportion. I did the wrong thing. And since says that. Uh-huh. And, um, cause if you think about it, Arnold had re- almost no other option besides to go along with it the entire time. It's true. Cause yeah. during multiple points he said like, this isn't right. You know, you can't be doing this stuff for me. I can do it myself. Well, he was explicit. And he he wasn't like visually miserable the whole yeah, episode. Yeah. Arnold does. And it's funny because when we've talked about Arnold in the past, he's definitely like the fixer type. He's always looking out for other people. And now this person is just doing following his every wind and doting to him. And it's almost like it's pulling the life out of Arnold because he's just passive. He's like a passenger at this point.
0: Yeah. It flips the role a little bit where someone's like, no, 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 let me take care of you. Yeah. Hmm.
1: And and Arnold's doesn't have that doting. He's like, doting and fixing are different. Sure. That's true. Um, Yeah. One of them is more mindless, which is like what Sid is doing. Yeah. Um, but I think you mentioned this and I don't know this, but it makes sense. Like we talked about it off mic, which was like Sid's constant issues with mental health. This yeah. seems like it's like the first like attempt at showing the side of Sid, yeah. which
0: he's clearly not a balanced emotional. No. Thing. <laughs> no, no, no. He has like, he has hypochondria. He like, <laughs> a, like has paranoia. Like he's, that, that's actually about, he has a paranoia that sometimes becomes hypochondria, sometimes becomes totally. like high anxiety um, and so I was telling Adam, like, I always, like, kind of connect with Sid a little bit. Not, <laughs> not this episode, but but, yeah. even, but even, like, Sid just crying at the drop of a hat. Yeah. That was me at nine years old. Huh. Um, and also, he's such a good dresser. Yeah. Just <laughs> I was not a good dresser <laughs> in elementary school. But let's pause for a second and just say, Sid, Arnold's a great dresser. Rhonda's a great dresser. Sid might be better than both of them. Yeah, has the cool shoes. He has the boots. pointy like beetle boots. Yeah, um, and the the um, weird the leather, leather jacket. Thing. Yeah, and yeah. the backwards hat. Oh, he's he's great. And like a turtleneck almost, like a nearly turtleneck. Yeah, it's like a white turtleneck yeah. underneath. Yeah, that's cool. Anyway, um, yeah, he's yeah he. Uh, this is he he definitely blows things out of proportion, either in a positive way or a negative way. And this is a situation where it's like po- it's a he's blowing out of proportion. Not in, it's not negative. It's just too far. He like yeah crossed some kind of boundary. I guess totally
1: yeah so maybe dive into the weeds a little bit oh please do a little uh critical theory on, on it so it's, it's been a bit let's do it <laughs> so um when i was watching this episode i was kind of trying to figure out like what this made me think of and it brought to mind this book by this uh anthropologist named david graber uh he wrote this book called debt the first five thousand years which is really good um it talks about money and and sort of the idea of credit and just indebtedness essentially in all different forms and him being an anthropologist, it takes like obviously an anthropological bent. Mm. So he talks a lot about like different sort of indigenous societies, different tribes and those sorts of things. Um, And it kind of talks about like types of credit and debt that don't have anything to do with money and capital. Um, So I think that's like an interesting perspective that he takes. Um, So there's a few different things in here, but there's like a quote that like immediately came to my mind um especially so there's a scene at the end of the episode mm-hmm. where sid like <laughs> flips it on arnold and is like i can't do this anymore you're taking advantage of me and he says this line where he says you know what i can't take it we can't be friends anymore mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. like going from being a servant or a slave to being having being able to then have no relationship afterwards or
0: going from friend to servant, servant to, to nothing, nothing.
1: Yeah, was re- was really interesting to me. But before we get into that, like I feel like I need to define a phrase in here so that um, I don't know people don't get angry because this is like a, a pejorative. It's like a misused negative term, typically. Um, so I'm going to use this word communism in this. Oh, but it, oh I know. Um, yeah, especially in this time and with that with the uh, the new Soviet leader uh, Putin and everything. I know it's like a rough word, but the way that he uses it, he phrased it basically is. Uh, so what he says, what I call baseline communism, the understanding that unless people consider themselves enemies, if the need is considered great enough or the cost considered reasonable enough, the principle of for each according to their abilities to each according to their needs, uh, will be assumed to apply. So it basically means if like you have the ability to do something, let's say I don't, um, and, um, I have a need that needs fulfilled or you have a need that that that's needs to be fulfilled then like typically people will work together and it doesn't require any sort of money in exchange so there's no financial exchange
0: for a thing to get done practically it would be like if i'm if i'm walking through the house with a with five bags of groceries in my arms and i and one of them is about to fall and you happen to be sitting there and i'm like hey adam would you grab this this yeah like i don't have my
1: yeah or whatever and I'm gonna go like yeah totally and grab it for you and not go like well what are you gonna do for me right, or how right. much at home, or you know this is gonna cost you five dollars mm. so it's essentially the idea of like mic I guess micro communism so like which do, we all do, do, do it's like it's like that yeah and that's what he talks about this mm. in the book that's really an interesting way to view communism which is like <laughs> his way of defining communism which actually to each according to their ability to each according to their needs is actually a, a communist ethic. It's like a, a theory at its purest, like
0: Yeah. Most, um,
1: well, it's like non, it's not yeah. tying it to like governance or anything. Social program. Yeah. Or, it's right. just like, sort of like a mode of being, I thought. So he says, and we agreed on this, which was surprising to you, you <laughs> but, and me. Yeah. yeah. No, but not really. I think that if you're a religious folk, a Christian, a lot of these things, right, f- right. Sort of are in the same vein. Um, Which is like, this is what underlies most human interaction. Uh And Uh most human interaction is um, based off of this. So bearing that in mind, when I use this word, uh, this part reminded me of that a lot. Should Um, I I buckle up? Yeah, buckle up. Get ready. So this, he's quoting a walrus hunter from, I believe, from Greenland. (laughs) And the quote is, Up here we say that by gifts one makes slaves, and by whips one makes dogs. Which is a very interesting quote. And it's essentially saying... That there's a certain indebtedness when people do things for one another hmm. and it breeds servitude yes, or slavery, which is basically like a power imbalance at its core. So then I will continue reading <laughs> and uh, it says gifts here does not mean something given freely, not mutual aid that we can ordinarily expect human beings to provide to one another uh, to thank someone suggests that he or she might not have acted that way and that therefore the choice to act this way creates an obligation, a sense of debt, and hence inferiority. Uh, Communes or egalitarian collectives in the United States uh, often face similar dilemmas, and they have come up with their own safeguards against creeping hierarchy. It's not that the tendency for communism, there's that buzzword, to slip into hierarchy is inevitable. Societies like the Inuit have managed to fend it off for thousands of years, but rather that one must always guard against it um in contrast it's uh, notoriously difficult uh, often downright impossible to shift relations based on an assumption of communistic sharing to relations of equal exchange we observe this all the time with friends this ties into hey arnold very mm. explicitly if someone is seen as taking advantage of your generosity so Sid says that claim to Arnold oh, against wow. Arnold. It's often much easier to break off relations entirely than to, to than to demand that they somehow pay you back. So I thought that part was rang true That's in my really mind. good. Yeah. Yeah. Because he says essentially like you're taking advantage of me. We can't be friends anymore. But then the way that Arnold ends up bringing the relationship back is he settles the score. So he gives him a gift card and says we are even now, right? And he says yeah, we're even. Then there's a moment after that that I think is beautiful for yeah. what I just read, which is, and the example that you gave earlier, which is he says they're eating a sandwich together, and he says, hey, can you pass me the mustard? And he says, no, go get it yourself. Just kidding. Here's the mustard. So it's like tying into that sort of really uh... micro sort of human experience of dealing with communism, which is he has a need. You're able to fulfill it. He gives you that thing, and there's no, you know, there's no indebtedness. There's no uh, power imbalance. Things are equal.
0: Well, it's it's interesting to jump back to like the starting point, which is Arnold saving Sid, right? Sid is saying, I don't want to take advantage of your kindness to me, which is you saving my life. Totally. Um, so I'm going to pay you back by even... Sid's viewing that me being your servant for the rest of your life is even. And if as long... Totally. But then his... his argument later is you're you're not taking advantage so now you've uh made it unbalanced again totally even though arnold ne- arnold's perspective it's two perspectives which yeah. i think we can maybe talk about later but arnold has one perspective of um w- which actually we can tie back to an earlier episode so let's let's wait go ahead
1: yeah oh all i was gonna say was it actually ties to that walrus hunters quote which is sid is viewing what he did as a gift like a thing that's an exceptional behavior mm. having his life saved by Arnold. Mm. But Arnold is using it, viewing it as like a universal, like yes. that's yes. just what somebody should do for anybody, mm. regardless. Mm. And if that's the case, then it's on an equal playing field and there's no indebtedness that's necessary. Go if you're going to follow the logic that I read earlier, which actually to a large degree makes a lot of sense
0: to me. It, oh, and I, I'm thinking of like, gosh, I, I'm, I got a lot of directions I think we could talk. One it would be actually religious, another is um, how we. Like our thank you and apology culture in America, in in Western culture, um, is an unhealthy view of, um, like debt. And so, uh, I remember, I remember, um, this guy used to work with at a coffee shop. Um, his name's David. Hey, David. Um, Uh, David. He called me and, and and actually everybody out. He called us out for – and no one changed because it, he just missed <laughs> that it's like a, a cultural thing for whatever reason. It, in the uh, service industry. Yeah, and, and that is when you get in someone's way, it's the right thing to do to either say sorry or thank you or excuse me or yeah. – So I'm just someone, if, if I need to get somewhere where their legs are and I like knock it, knock their legs to move out of the way or say, do you mind if I get under here? I'll always say either thank you or sorry every single time I will. Like it's not, and it's not most server, most people in the service industry know, like, sorry, doesn't mean sorry. It means it's just signaling. It's signaling. I see that you had to move. Yeah. And I understand that that's annoying, but I have to get down here. Yeah. It's like, it's, but the way. Um, David called it out, which I think he's right that there is an inconsistency here. He says, "You don't have to ever say sorry ever again." Yeah, and it's like, "Oh crap, I don't. I'm going to because it's like ingrained in me." Totally. But I like I think of or or,
1: or... well, what he was doing at that moment, I think, is what you're doing when you're saying sorry and you're like passing behind somebody. You're not actually sorry for going behind them. It's more just like a verbal signal, like yeah. I'm here. Yeah. Don't walk be- yes, behind you yes. because you'll all get in the way. And he's taking it, which. He's taking it literally. Yeah.
0: Which which, which I was going like, to say I, is
1: very something I could see him doing. Yeah, yeah. But but yeah, he's taking it very Yeah, literally.
0: yeah. Which, which like – yeah, yeah, I guess he's taking language seriously. Yeah. So look, good job. Words to- have meaning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, and, and I remember, like, uh, thinking, like, I'm going to keep saying it, but also thinking, oh, but why why sorry? And, I, and you know, there's someone else there who says sorry 50 times more, and I would have to tell her, like, what are you sorry about? Because yeah. she, didn't, she didn't have a – a grasp on even like that word, um, regardless. Okay. So, but okay. So if I'm going to stick with like the idea of gifts as, um, gifts as debt, basically. Or um, as creating debt. Yeah. 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 Like I really struggle with that. I, uh, I, I have a few friends who are just, uh, my friend Jill is so good at just like, Oh, I'll get the coffee. I'll get the, and and I'm getting better at it to do it like unconditionally. And I, Uh I know that when she, to, to other friends. I try not to do it to her because we don't want to make it an even thing. Totally. But, uh, like when I re- I just remember like, uh, especially when we were in college, she would like pay for something for me. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like yeah. you always do. And so there's this guilt that weighs on me and it's not her, it's not her fault. It's like this Western, like, but, but you're still thinking like, am I taking advantage of her buying? Like, do I just expect well, her to-, to, to take this one step further? You see this like
1: as a common trip in films, hmm. especially in like dating style films where like a man and a woman will go out on a date together. The guy will pay for the dinner or pay for the drinks. He then expects the date to go a specific direction in a sort of intimate or sexual direction. And when it doesn't go that way, he feels like he was ripped off and gypped. So Uh, it's weird because it's like by him paying for the meal, inviting you to do this thing. It's not that it's out of the kindness of his heart and he really wants to get to know you. I'm sure there's part of that. Right, but there's also she needs to fulfill her end of the bargain. Right, is right. what he's thinking in that moment when he feels like he was denied sexually, mm. Mm. even
0: though he paid for everything,
1: Do you which know what is I'm
0: just prostitution. And it's yeah, but it's like but legal. It's 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 a, it's a, it's a um, it's socially acceptable. Well, it, it, it's the, it's the microcosm version. Like yeah, like prostitution is like the mega virgin virgin. Oh my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. The mega virgin. You know what? Well, you all get it. I hope. I mean, uh, no, but yeah, it's like the crude version
1: of what we're talking. Yeah. even more crude version. Exactly. Or um, maybe it's actually the better version because at least in prostitution, people know where no, they stand. <laughs> they know where they stand.
0: I, I, I'm gonna have to push back on that and say one you want good. Con- you want the convoluted? <laughs> like, what do you mean? You're not. You're not coming back to my apartment. <laughs> No, I I want neither. But, but one is one is wrong because it's assuming a thing about someone else. The other is wrong There's because no assumptions
1: with prostitution. Everyone
0: knows. Yeah, so that's not the wrong thing about it. There's a different wrong thing about it. That has nothing to do with what we're talking about. Which is, uh, I mean, oh gosh, I don't want to get into this conversation. It's...
1: <laughs> well, to to fall back on the word commune Never mind. Oh, in... And <laughs> and in uh the civil war in spain they outlawed the communist government's outlawed prostitution which i think is great so as like an avid lefty i should dislike prostitution yeah
0: and i do i don't dislike mom Corey's moment yeah <laughs> i'm not a fan of prostitution yeah yeah, yeah. well okay speak yeah okay let's j- so let's... i just don't pay when i go on dates is what yeah. i'm saying oh got it yeah <laughs> great um because that way you don't have to expect exactly yeah. yeah there's no like, power imbalance yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 that's right, that's right. Um. So to jump, uh, you mentioned it earlier. I don't. I don't talk. I <laughs> don't. A, sorry. I have to say, this. as a male
1: feminist, I don't pay when I go on dates. That's what it is. <laughs> That's
0: the worst excuse to not pay for something. <laughs> I'm a feminist. Oh, uh, are you paying? I mean, I'm letting the women pay. So, yeah. uh, um, I don't.
1: That wasn't as funny as I thought
0: it was. I don't know. It was good. Uh, I don't like to dive too deep to religious stuff mm-hmm. into religious, religious, religious stuff too often because this isn't a religious po- podcast, but it's a secular podcast. It's a second. No, no. It, all is faith, it's a all is spiritual. Podcast. Um, it, I would say that is closer, but, <laughs> but being someone who, um, uh, is a person of faith. Uh, I think of the struggle that I, and I'm sure that anyone who has any kind of paradigm, whether it's a faith or a, a ideology or, um, uh, or, 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 uh, some sort of like debt, I guess, but that like, I know in my own spiritual practice, this is like, especially within faith communities, this conversation is constantly talked about because you, you have two camps in a way. Um, one of which, um, is tied directly to this, um, uh, like kind of guilt trip kind of debt, uh, mentality, um. Uh, uh, so if I'm going to get like gospel truthy here, it's that, um, uh, uh, the not positive way that causes some pretty unhealthy, um, psychological, like if, if we're trying to, uh, uh, within faith, learn more about God, learn more about ourselves, and learn about, learn more about each other. That's, that's what religion is doing is, is tying those three things together. Totally. Um, uh, there, there are many people who probably within a Christian faith community would have the perspective, uh, Jesus died and rose from the dead for me. Therefore I owe something to him. And that is in fact, uh, isn't it the opposite? It's like, it's the opposite. Wiped the yeah, there is, clean. there there is no yeah, more debt. There is, and yet yeah. that is still even, even I've been to, I, I grew up at a fairly moderate, uh, 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 like not like a fundamentalist church a totally. fairly moderate church and I would even hear it there not all the time because it, it it definitely was against the kind of faith we had but it, it it's it's part of our language and so something like you know god's done a lot for us what are you going to do for him and what when when the 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 healthiest which ties back to our relationship with each other so if we're the thing we're learning about from god is that in in that context is i'm not doing this So you'll do something for me. I'm doing this because I love you, because um, you you are loved, you are worth it, et cetera, et cetera. So that means when I, when I deal with my fellow man and none of us do this because we live in a a Western culture where where it's not valued to to do it this way, but ideally I would take that same thing that I'm learning in my spiritual life and attach that to the way I treat other people. And so when So you're uh, not kind to people because you're trying to please God. You're kind to people because you
1: think people are intrinsically valuable,
0: and and to take that step further, I'm not kind to somebody because I expect something in return. Totally, I'm kind to somebody in the so when you don't expect anything from, right, right, yeah, 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 yeah. So you know when I uh, the idea of praise and worship isn't because it's owed; it's because it's um, like like I may desire to do that. It's It's not voluntary. It's voluntary exactly. Um, and so I think, like that, this unhealthiness we're talking about goes like deep into the soul. Uh, totally. I mean, uh, yeah, like it, it's a problem in f- f- in faith communities, and I think, you know, cr- uh, Christian people of Christian faith kind of brag about oh, grace, debt free, et cetera, et cetera, but we don't really we don't act, act that, that way, way. Totally. Um, uh, and that's why there's so much g- guilt and shame in in the in a, in a, you know, we. The West likes to brag that we're a shame free community, but that's not the case. It's just, it, it shows up in different ways. It's not explicit. Totally. It's like a, I, I think it's a human thing. I think guilt and shame is, it, it the, Well, uh, and I
1: think it rears its head in certain cultures more than others. And it's, it depends on how, I think, how that yeah. given culture wants to use it. Yeah. Because some people, I think, like, try not to act that way explicitly. Like I think we do, especially in our environment, live in a very like apologetic culture. There are definitely other cultures, European cultures, that don't act that way mm. at all. And I think even, I think in the, our own United States, you look at West Coast and East Coast, I bet that apologetic culture is not on the East Coast as much as it is on the West Coast. And people on the East Coast think that West Coast people are fake or acting fake because they're constantly act, acting apologetic, and it's like this
0: faux niceness. But the, it's like a the difference is, you've got that like Irish Catholic guilt on totally. the East Coast that that they don't know how to like. So our it's, it manifests even differently it, than it does yeah, for us so over here. Yeah. So we 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 feel the same thing, which is um, like like oh I'm like I'm such a shithead I I I should be doing better. Like I've been yeah given so much, whether that's for, like from a family member or like from a job or whatever. Um, so on the West coast, we go, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah. Or thank you, thank you, thank you. On the East coast, they just like, like push it down as deep as possible. <laughs> and then one day they explode and go, nobody likes me. Yeah. yeah. Um, And that's a stereotype of, of these D- coasts, but like, yeah, but the West is like the more like loosey goosey surf vibe. And then you have, you have the, uh, if we pick the third way, which is, uh, like the middle America, uh, you're going to have the Minnesota niceness, which isn't real. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's purely um, an act. It's an She'll act say that about
1: Canadians too.
0: Exactly. It's, it's, yeah. it's the Midwest kind of like, Oh yeah, she's a great, she's a great one, <laughs> but it's like crazy judgmental underneath it. Exactly. Because, because they're not fitting into that paradigm of like someone who puts shame on someone else in that, when it comes to, um or Gil, I guess a better way of saying like, like putting this, idea of o- owing owing's and debt mm-hmm. um it probably means that they fit into a paradigm of i help you therefore you help me totally it's trying things are transactional, transactional. yeah but
1: so and that's what so yeah well that that anthropologist david graber he's interesting because he is a self-proclaimed anarchist and not like in the sense of like i'm gonna go through a brick through a glass in the sense that it allows him to look at anthropological behavior and sociological behavior and view very fundamentally power mm-hmm. dynamics and mm-hmm. keeping power dynamics at the forefront of what you're doing so the reason i think for him indebtedness and debt whether it's through capital debt um, or being anti-capitalist like an anarchist would be, uh, it, it, it's always seeing like what does equality mean and what does equality look like, how does equality feel, And but true equality. Mm. And that basically means always being aware of power dynamics. And that can mean that can show up in different ways. So that's why one would be critical of capitalism is the accumulation of capital at the top means that a lot of people on the bottom are lacking power and all those sorts of things.
0: Yeah, it's not, it, it's not the ism that's being critiqued. It's the amount of capital. It, a, it, because it, yeah, well, like, capital which translates to power. So right, right, that that that's yeah, I think because the idea the idea of the market being regulated or whatever that's not the problem. It's that it still leads to an uh, imbalanced capital, totally. which leads to power, like yeah, over like power in one area instead of all areas. Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Um, uh, the the pa- the pause here is that uh, we just have like basically revealed that Adam is an anarchist and Corey is a Christian, so. <laughs> <laughs> we hope you still stick with us for the next episode. Uh, we we try to not have more power than anybody else, uh, despite our despite the fact that our communities might at times. Uh, uh, to
1: to blend the two together, the only religious text I've read recently is a book about how Jesus is an anarchist, <laughs> which I think no one that's listening to this will enjoy. That that is a thing that I read.
0: That's true. We have two <laughs> groups of people. We have your, your lib friends and my Christian friends are going to be like, that's blasphemous. Both groups are going to say that same thing, even yeah. though it's m- definitely more true. Than, yeah. I mean, it's more true than Jesus was a capitalist. That's for sure. Yeah. Cause he wasn't, there wasn't capitalism. Yeah. Yeah. More or less. There was not. Let's get back to here. <laughs> well, he was a carpenter. Yeah. so yeah yeah but he traded it for miracles so oh. <laughs> so he really traded up yeah i mean he was yeah um like he turned water into wine yeah he, he also did. died for our sins and rose from the grave oh nice do you want me to go into more detail <laughs> so those are the only things i actually know yeah uh, the wine part's the best part actually um yeah
1: wine gives me a headache so that's why i'm not a christian whoa <laughs> uh,
0: um uh, hot takes. So hot takes. This is a great episode because it, it once again, Hey Arnold presents a new, n- not new character. This been is why like Craig's never called us. It's true. Um, uh, I like this little character study of Sid, and I'm excited to see more. Yeah. Um, what else? Do you have anything more to say about this anarchy stuff? I mean, I love that. <laughs> I love that. I love the idea of. Okay, like, so this he's a real academic.
1: Yes. He teaches at a real university. This is a real book. It says international bestseller on the front of it. It's very thick. So this is not just like some sort of zine thing that like your
0: crust punk <laughs> friend would have uh, given to you and you never read. Um, so Did you say your crust punk kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I'm from La Mirada, which apparently uh, is the, like the, there, the, there's there's a book called The La Mirada Punks. That's and so It's from funny. like the 70s or the 80s. Anyway, read it. Pick it yeah, up. yeah. Um, yeah, it's not it's not wannabe. Uh, it's this is critical. Like- this is critical thinking about um, uh, political and social theory. Basically. Totally. Yeah. yeah definitely. Um, but I think it. Yeah. It just. It's. When,
1: when we're going through this, listen. What, we're, when we're watching the episodes, we're always thinking like, what does this make us think of yeah. in our own lives? Yep. Or what does this make us think about a society at large? And I think there's like a million, not a million, that's way exaggerated. But there's a bunch of situations in this episode where it's clearly about indebtedness. Yes, and it's yes. clearly about the idea of right. lack of autonomy, lack of power or power imbalance when debt is involved. And it's not monetary debt. This is like debt indebtedness that we give to one another. And to be honest, because yes, Jesus wasn't a capitalist. Capitalism didn't exist when Jesus was around. But, but this type of indebtedness that they are experiencing in this episode, 100% did. It predated any sort of cash credit or credit card debt or any type of debt that we're kind of used to thinking about more
0: overtly. Well, the, the, and it still exists. The thing that, um, uh, your writer, what's his name? Uh, David Graeber. Uh, David Graeber. And in fact, Jesus Christ himself um, <laughs> push are pushing against is um, uh, the the ancient, um, and, and this is d- definitely a, a view in the ancient Israelites, but also uh, many other cultures as well, which is eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. Mm-hmm. Jesus says, you heard this, but that's not, that's not the way I'm going to say. It. I'm going to say, totally. turn the other cheek. I'm going to yeah. say, um, so uh I'm going to d- die for you. And that's, that's a specific example, but you could pull the same thing from the Buddha from, uh, yeah. Um, uh, like, like ancient myths about, you know, um, well, yeah, helpers. and um, why it's
1: interesting. And I think there, it definitely would be, if, if he, JC was around today, he would not be a capitalist. He is. Because... He's around us all. The time. Oh, yeah. So given that's the case, he's not into capitalism because that idea of it's very, the things that you just talked about are all anti-transactional behaviors. Right. And so I feel like he would have the logical consistency to realize that if his relationships aren't that way, his monetary beliefs wouldn't be that way. Well, nice
0: well, and that's the argument why, like, um, uh... this is coming from someone that knows nothing about Christianity. It's okay. With arms wide open is a song by Creed. Yeah. Um, uh, Which uh, just never mind. <laughs> um, but
1: the, the, the argument and that that should have been what everybody said about Creed from the very beginning.
0: Creed, oh, pff, never mind. Never, mind. yeah. yeah. With arms wide <laughs> um, You know what? Uh, we, forgot to, in... we forgot to pull
1: a song. That's the That's song the you're going to get. Yeah, that'd be amazing. Yeah. And then we'll get a lawsuit. But this has been no, no, no,
0: our most researched episode and our biggest train wreck. Yeah, <laughs> No, 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 no. no. I think it's fascinating. Turn... <laughs> um, So the argument about like, uh, yeah. like all of my super uh, – this is a place where conservative ideology – you're going to be shocked. Conservative ideology is meets an anarchist view of um, of transaction, which is uh, both. I'm I'm sure this is true. Uh, 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 someone with an anarchist perspective not throwing trash cans through the window. Yeah, but not like, the
1: not the vulgar usage of the like word. Like the
0: the idea that like, um,
1: well, it, like anarchy isn't like mutual aid. Like yes, yes, being critical of power
0: and idea. Right. So that view meets the conservative view of um, the government shouldn't be in control of um, uh, uh, social good, Um, Mm -hmm. which I don't usually agree with. But in this case, I think it's a fine critique. Churches, nonprofits, neighborhoods should be giving money to the poor. And and if everyone did, if everyone gave out of their heart to the poor, Mm -hmm. then there would be no poor. True. But that's true. But it's real. This is
1: where... I mean, this is getting way weird, political theory, but like fringe political theory. It's very weird. Great TV show, Fringe.
0: <laughs> That's our so, next
1: podcast. So, anarchists that are not throwing trash cans through windows and wearing masks in the street are the also weird type of anarchists that like typically believe that like you in an idea like universal health care. Like, if there is going to be governmental policy, they understand that it's... it's, Right, right. It's, like... So, the obstruction that the Republican Party has, has done through Obama's administration and, in a weird way, while they're governing now... Right. Right. Like, it's not... Uh, a thing that even like most good anarchists would believe like they would believe in sort of using governmental policy totally. to benefit and right. the most vulnerable because of the fundamental power dynamics. So I've heard and read of anarchists that believe in universal healthcare. Yeah. yeah administered by the government and uh, social security, all these other policies, like the reason we have those policies, like new deal oriented policies right, right. are from communist anarchists, at the time pushing against the government And then getting the sort of -of middle-of-the-road policy, which is don't, curse word, fuck the poor. Like, give them something, right? They're like, they need something. Because you don't want total anarchy. Right. You need to give people Mm -hmm. crumbs, and crumbs is these
0: certain reformist policies. Uh, We could also play crumbs from... Comes from your table, from by you too. We have a lot of good songs <laughs> to play. Um, okay, but no, no. I, I think that's I think that's an accurate critique of. Oh, um,
1: oh sorry. One thing that I want to yeah. say to your conservative thing, the thing I like since we're already on this political bandwagon, the thing I like about that are similar to anarchists and similar to conservatives actually, and modern day Republicans. Anarchists have this idea of, like, ideological purity Mm -hmm. and, and caring about, like, having an ideological perspective and having your ideological perspective actually dictate what you do and how you think. Right. So it's not just like, I have these ideas, but I don't do anything with them. Like, anarchism as an idea is the idea of, like, putting your ideas to action. And conservatives believe that, whether or not that's a good thing or not. They're constantly striving for some form of ideological purity, even if it means destroying their own policy in the government, yeah. because it doesn't pass a purity oh, test. Oh, interesting! Sometimes.
0: Interesting. Yeah, the Democrats yeah. And, don't and, have that. And, and to, to uh, the the best version of this, that I think I was trying to say, and I, it probably sounded like I was trying to lump them together. And and this is no, coming no, from no, two I, people I know who are saying, yeah, yeah. These are coming from two people who aren't conservatives. So we're like, we're, and I'm not an American. Yeah. I don't like. Yeah, that, yeah. I think, but um, but uh, uh, I think the 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 argument that conservatives would have. So I think with if government if government is going to give money to the poor which um i think should happen yeah i'm not against there being some some sort of strings attached or whatever only but i'm only okay with that if there's giving being done outside of government that has no strings attached totally. and if that's, that offsets that if if that's right not there. the case which nonprofits and churches do give unbelievable amounts of, yeah. of yeah, money yeah. and help to the and poor and time and yeah not as much as we could and yeah. i i say that guilty as well um but well there's a shitload of churches in orange county and there's like and in LA and there's a lot of
1: poor people in holocaust well people.
0: E- even even if you just talk about the refugee crisis yeah, yeah. like so so but a lot of those refugee resettling programs are through faith communities yes
1: yes and not yes. through the government yeah
0: yep uh, yeah and that's why right now it's like kind of kind of scary because churches are like wait we what don't do we need do? the government to do it. We want to do it. Yeah. Or they probably want the government to do it and they'll do it. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. Oh no, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, so need to I, tango, as they I say. think, I think the, 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 the reason I'm not crazy about like having solely a conservative view instead of tying it more to like, um, the goodness of people and the goodness of like, uh, God's view of, of a spiritual life. Um, is that if you truly love people, like love God, whatever your version of that is, mm-hmm. um, and if you truly love people, then when you give, um, when you, when you tie the church or when you, you know, support a nonprofit or support a local school or whatever it is that should be done solely out of the goodness of your heart. Mm-hmm. Easier said than done, of course. But, um, I think, I really think that this conversation is extremely relevant to, um, the spiritual economic and social hearts of America. Totally. I think it's yeah. very, very relevant. No, it um, definitely is. Because we live in such a, like, you, you, you now, me, me, me. Yeah. 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 I, I, I had a friend, she would always, I haven't seen her in a while, but she would like call that out. Like if I interrupted, she would say, no, no, me, me, me. Then you (laughs) like, which, which even, even our conversations are transactional. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And what I was going to say earlier, but I think it, it fits in now is this episode really connects back to early, early episode we reviewed, which is the one with Arnold and Eugene, when Arnold breaks Eugene. Oh, uh, breaks his bike. Yeah. And tries to make it up to him. Yeah. 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 That's yeah it. Definitely. Um, and I think Arnold has learned from that, that, that like, this is showing totally. Arnold growing, which is, yeah. Oh, like there's no strings attached. And that's, yeah. that's the way Eugene viewed Arnold was no, no, there's no, like, there's no. It's unconditional. My care for you, my friendship with you is unconditional. You don't totally. have to fix it. And so for Arnold and Sid, Arnold's telling Sid, this is this is an unconditional. I saved you unconditionally. Yeah. Because every, anybody would, or at least everybody should.
1: Yeah, Arnold definitely has a copy of uh, Debt, 5,000 Years. Or at Dave least. Dave book. Yeah, he's a big fan. Or, uh, Yeah. That's what it was. That was like the behind-the-scenes
0: B-roll, is that he read this book and then yeah. this episode happened. But but really they both partake in the like oh but Arnold doesn't until the end because he's like I have to stop this cycle somehow. By g- yeah. that's why he gave him that thing. Yeah, cuz it's like settling this the debt. Yeah, and that that la- you're right, that last little like micro critique is fascinating of of passing the mustard. Yeah. Like is it, it it brings it down to like the most like the rest of the episode is um outlandish. Like nobody that's yeah, like that's yeah, like a yeah. joke sitcom like you have to be a slave for the rest of your life. Like yeah. it's, it's outlandish, which it's a cartoon. So of course, but that last moment makes it our own.
1: And it's like to, cr- to create the specific critique that they're making or maybe not making in this episode, but no, they for sure any. are. Yeah. Yeah. I- it's like to push it to the extreme really high. It allows them
0: to highlight that point. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's good stuff. Well done, man. Pulling from the anarchist. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we, we were very vulnerable we were we gave a gift we we nothing in return except please rate and review yeah and send money cry the cry of the week is um for me is a uh, uh i guess arnold i think arnold's panicking that he can't end this like that endless uh, cycle yeah. um i think the way he gives in and he's eating that sandwich and it, he looks like he's high look on his face. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and he's sitting in the, in the, um, Sid gives him a ride in a pedicab and it's one of the greatest moments of cartoon history Yeah, it's it, really is funny. Arnold saying once around the park, please. And then Sid lays a blanket on him oh, like a man. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, a. yeah. And, and, and Sid puts a newspaper under his armpit yeah. like he's uh like he's a driver it's yeah. so funny and he's like waiting outside whistling and like reading the paper <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's it's it like uh, you guys have got to watch it I like yeah. it's not this is a good it episode. wouldn't even be worth it wouldn't even be worth us playing the clip because yeah. the visuals are more funny than even the words um anyway so it's a it's a good episode but yeah him the way he sits on that chair and the way he eats that sandwich are just like the dullest saddest moments this episode to me, um, yeah, I'll give it like a, I'll give it a two cry. It's not like, no, I know, it's mean. not Lila, um, yeah, you know, not having beans or yeah. uh, Helga and her, her sister relationship. This yeah. is... I think mine
1: is probably just like the, re- like you can see the soul being sucked out of Arnold yeah. as the episode goes yeah. on because he's so just unhappy with the arrangement and he doesn't know how to get out of it.
0: Mm. Yeah, well, like we said earlier, I think, I think we're gonna, I think we're gonna play play out with some creed yeah we might as well um <laughs> we mentioned it well yeah do you want you to do you want you two or creed yeah no, creed. all right creed. Creed. uh thanks so much for listening um enjoy it with arms wide open and you know what yeah we don't
1: we don't condone this song but we're gonna
0: play it we, next. yeah exactly <laughs> exactly uh please write and review um and we will uh <clears throat> we'll see you, see you next time next week